This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Yo, what's up, guys? You like our podcast? You want to make your own? You have all the power, all the resources you need to make your own podcast. That's right. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, let me give you a rundown. Basically, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. And here's how it works. Anchor lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or your computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify with a single tap. Anchor is also the only place you can publish video podcasts to Spotify, which is super important. With Anchor, creators can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. That's right. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is anchor.fm to get started. It's what we use. We get a little kickback from it and we appreciate it. So if you guys want your own podcast, go to Anchor. .fm to get started. Peace. Hello and welcome to the Anatomy of Marriage podcast. I'm your host, Melanie Studley. Good morning. My name is Seth Studley. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. And today is day 47 titled Connecting with Your Partner, Attachment Styles, and Managing Friendships. Uh, if you're new here, welcome. We have over 260 episodes about all things related to marriage and relationships, and we love that you're here with us. And we are live on Instagram and Facebook every single morning at around 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. You can join us there. And as always, our show is brought to us by Audible. Tell Audible Trial. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash anatomy of marriage to get your free audiobook on us. You can get a really expensive audiobook if you want to. It doesn't matter. You just get a free one and you listen to it. And we live on audiobooks. If I'm driving, guess what I'm doing? Reading an audiobook or listening to a podcast. But we do it every day and it's helpful and we want you to be helped yes. as well. Okay. We don't have a review of the day because we couldn't find one. <laughs> well, we forgot. Kind of. <laughs> okay. So we're going to jump into questions. And I have not read this one, so it'll be a nice surprise. Hey, Seth and Melanie, I have a pretty cut and dry question that I'm hoping can spark a conversation that can help me and my husband. We are at a great place in our marriage and nothing is wrong, but I do feel like we aren't completely connecting in a way that I would love us to be. Because, you know, life happens. It's nothing against my husband. I know it's a bit easier for him to go through the motions of everyday life, but something in me just craves more. What are some practical ways or even just some vocabulary I can use when approaching him about wanting to connect more? I don't want to sound needy just to make him or to make him feel like he's not fulfilling me. I just love him and want to intentionally stop going through the motions to check in with each other more often than he seems to need. With work, two kids, sometimes it can feel a bit awkward at the end of the long day just to say, hey, I feel have, like we haven't connected in a while. Can we do that? Thanks for your help. Yes, you can absolutely do that. And I have a couple of tips for you. And I want to normalize. Like, sometimes I feel like I don't connect with the kids. Like, what's everybody doing? We're just doing our own thing. Or sometimes I feel like I don't connect with Melanie. And it is 100% okay if I say, hey, put your phone down. Let's just check in. Let's see what's going on, mm -hmm. right? Sometimes it feels awkward. And sometimes you don't do anything. But... I'm letting my feelings be known and you say the same thing to me often, right? And I think a really good way around that is to be intentional and we just started 
marriage meetings last sat like two Saturday? days ago or Sunday Sunday on the weekend and it's an intentional thing and it's going to be on the app mm-hmm. the get your marriage on app mm-hmm. which you have been working so hard on which is super awesome and it actually has a template for you to go through to connect to have a marriage meeting it's like 30 minutes or 20 minutes and it has four or no it has more than that has six sections maybe and it is a way to connect and Plan a date, mm-hmm. plan a time every single day, five minutes before you lay in bed or whatever, get on the same schedule because that stuff only grows. Like I promise you, if you feel kind of disconnected now, what's up, Brad? Haven't seen you in a while. If you feel disconnected now and you're not doing anything to change that, yeah. that is going to be exacerbated. It's going to compound when, over time. When you say life happens, so okay, don't let life happen. You are life. Yes. So glad you said that. That's exactly what was in my head. Really? Yes. We are life. We, I am Leaf. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows that joke. reference, but it's pretty funny. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I would say go get the get your marriage on app. No, it's when not it ready out. yet. It's not ready. It'll come out it. on her birthday, July twenty first. It's a national holiday. And um, what do you have to say about it? Well, I think that what you're addressing is the sort of the practicality side, which I do think that's super important to address. So thank you for bringing that up. Mm-hmm. But in the app, and you can do marriage morning, marriage meetings, <laughs> sorry, Morty, marriage meetings, um, mm-hmm. just on your own, like you can Google it and find it. But one of the things that he's saying is that it asks, so it's a weekly thing. You do it once a week. We decided to do Sunday at 830 a.m. We sit down together like by each other and talk about these things and in the marriage meeting thing it says how do we want to connect this week so that's what he's referring to Mm -hmm. is it gives you like you have a chance to intentionally think about it when you're not in the moment and you're not feeling like oh we're not connecting Mm -hmm. it gives you that time to have intentionally thought about it beforehand Uh oh our thing messed up dang it whatever who we can't fuss about it so it gives you that time to intentionally think about what it is that you want to do when you're going to feel that um you know, that sort of like, I'm bored. I don't know mm-hmm. how to connect. But the mm-hmm. thing I really, 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 really wanted to say mm. is the um, foolish thing I've done in the past or that Seth has done in the past, mostly Seth, is that... Uh, nice try. <laughs> we often... So I, this is the analogy that came to my head, so I'm just going to use it. So it's like we, um, as adults, are we put on our shoes and let's say they're lace-up vans. So mm. you got to tie them, right? And you sit there and you stare down at your shoes and you go... Oh, I just want my shoes to be tied. Everything in life is so good, but my shoes aren't tied. Mm -hmm. And instead of thinking of a way to tie your shoes, you just get mad at your partner and you go, (laughs) You didn't tie my shoes. You didn't tie my shoes. See? Right? Well, you quit waving at people. Um, And so we, instead of saying, How can I tie my shoes right now? We like lob at our partner. My shoes aren't tied. I can't enjoy anything. Mm -hmm. This is the worst, Mm -hmm. right? When really we need to be bringing the solution to our partner, not the perceived problem, right? So because the perceived problem is temporary. So let me say this: so you have to take some action, right? Your shoes aren't going to tie themselves. It's definitely not your partner's. Your partner's not going to tickle himself or wrestle himself. Go do it for him. Not right now. And I'll green juice you. (laughs) So. Uh, what was I going to say? So, yeah, you have to take ownership. If you're not feeling connected, understand that that might just be a feeling. Oh, It I, is just a feeling. Well, it's a feeling. It can be good or bad. Like, if it's always a persistent feeling, like, hold on, let me finish. Then I won't. I, I have to do this. Okay, I'm not feeling connected. Oh, there's a feeling. Uh, you know, blame Melanie or be like, we've been super busy today. I maybe haven't been present. So, maybe I haven't been inviting to be connecting to. Mm-hmm. Or maybe like, 
you've been like really working all day and ignoring everything. Stop that and let's connect. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I have to say that in an appropriate way. Yeah. And then you also have to have ears to hear like, oh, he is right. Okay. Yeah. But let me suggest this like third option or something. I don't know mm. if we said three. Um, there's many ways to skin a cat. Right? I don't like cats. <laughs> Just kidding. There's lots of different ways to do the same thing. So I'm going to use this example. Laundry. Laundry's not fun. No one wants to do it. Maybe some people want to do it. I don't particularly care for it. Same with dishes. So I make it fun. You know mm. how you can make it fun? By snapping out of your poopy pants mood. Right. Put on Trolls. Everyone loves Trolls soundtrack. <laughs> no one hates that. Or put on the Lego Movie 2 soundtrack. That's right. But just find a way to bring the joy. You have the power <laughs> to bring the joy. What are you laughing at? Because I just thought of an analogy that's inappropriate. Okay, don't say it. Um, so, but I really want you to think of it that way. Like you're saying our life is really good. It sounds like you're in that, um, what is it? It's like everything is so good that it's boring, right? Ruffle some feathers in a good way. Bring the joy. Bring the fun. Bring the spark. Put the... Ruff some feathers. Like, do your laundry and put your husband's clothes on and be goofy. Just do anything. Connect. (laughs) There's no... There's a limitless supply of that, but you have to bring the solution, not the problem. And we often go, oh, my shoes aren't tied. I don't Mm -hmm. know what to do. Uh, Mm -hmm. Instead, bring the solution. Make it happen. Make it happen, Kevin. So, I'm not sure if Instagram went out. Somebody wave or something to make sure Someone let us know that Instagram works. Okay, here's a, a short question from one of our friends in the UK. Says, here's my question. It relates to adult attachment disorder episode. Was your behavior from an avoidant or ambivalent perspective? He's referring to me mm-hmm. and my comments in the episode. How differently do the two present in AAD? Okay. So he's talking about adult attachment. Yes. Thank you for letting us know it's working. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thanks. So, adult attachment disorder, if you haven't heard that episode, it's me going through, and it's like a 30-minute monologue about adult attachment disorder, and it's pretty good. That's been one of our highest-rated episodes with the most questions because it is a pervasive thing that we go through, right? And there's a couple different types of AAD. Ambivalent is... Well, why don't I look this up before I like? Well, let me talk. Let me let's just break it down for okay. a minute. So, adult attachment styles. There are several styles. There's also several like thoughts around. How, there's different styles mm-hmm. among the styles. Mm-hmm. So, if you listen to therapist uncensored podcast, that all they talk about is adult attachment and attachment styles. So, I would listen to that podcast. But basically, it's where it's like family of origin ish. Like mm-hmm. it's where you learn how to attach to people. So, if mm-hmm. you had a parent who was drunk all the time, you learned to be quiet and reserved because if I make dad mad, he will hit me or he'll hit mom, Mm -hmm. right? So that trained you to attach to other people in that particular style, Mm -hmm. right? And it was all um, like you, you learned you learn how to fly the plane while you were building it or whatever. Like you, you don't get taught this like in a class you get taught by actions over time. Mm -hmm. So that's what adult attachment is. It's how we learn to attach to people um, when we were little and how that presents as our adult selves. And that re- applies to me and Seth and how I also relate to me and our kids mm-hmm. or my mom or my sister. But she's gross. I don't attach to my sister. Get out of town. Just kidding. I love to razz Carrie. But anyway, so that's what adult attachment is and mm-hmm. the style. So that's what he's asking. Right. So avoidant, uh, you would learn to <laughs> avoid situations that bring you close because when you get close... You get hurt and over and over and over kind of thing, like with the drunk dad or the drunk mom or, or whatever. Like, 
oh, I have to be the certain way, and oh, they like me for a minute, but then they're drunk, then they get mad at me, so I learned to not be close because getting close is dangerous, so I'm yep. avoidant, right? And ambivalent. I think ambivalent, and there's a dude on a skateboard with no shirt on. He looks great. He likes to party. Got a backpack on, I like it. And ambivalent. I think ambivalent and avoidant are... are Similar, maybe because I've been avoidant for so long, then I'm just like, I don't care. Like, I don't care about getting close because, like, what's the point? Right? Mm-hmm. I kind think, of thing. I think that you are avoidant. Um, yes. Because you actively avoid, like, or not mm-hmm. so much now. But And this also has to do with uh, Enneagram types, too. Like, uh, avoidant attachment. I also like to avoid conflict to kind of keep the peace and like oh if it's if it's whatever then i'm like okay ease back and Mm -hmm. play it safe kind of thing um and that's a lot to work through i think that there are many implications for knowing about enneagram styles and attachment styles and working those together into Mm -hmm. something that works for you and works for your partner and those people around you that you love well and i think it says also how do how differently do the two present in attachment um adult attachment disorder and Mm -hmm. i think when you're ambivalent, it's like nothing matters, right? Things don't matter. So mm-hmm. that's not how Seth was. Things matter deeply to Seth, mm-hmm. um, sometimes maladaptively or like in a weird way where you, it's like, that's too much. You shouldn't care that much. I think you might be somewhat ambivalent at times too because you were kind of like, do your own thing. It's like, they can like me, they can don't like me. I don't care. That's it's called like, autonomy. No, it's called ambivalence. It's called autonomy. If you would like to frame it that way, sure. <laughs> I'm a therapist. <laughs> I'm not a therapist. But anyway, that's a good um, question. Let's but, go on to the next one because it's super no, long. No, stop. And I think avoidant, though, is like, I will not talk to you about this. Like I, So a good example, because he's asking how they are different, and I think it's important to ask, answer the question. Mm-hmm. If you're ambivalent, it's like, eh, do whatever. I don't know. I mean, I don't have thoughts on that. I don't know. Whatever. But if you're avoidant, you can have really strong thoughts, but you don't necessarily know how to put those strong thoughts into some sort of action. You just go, well, I'm out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go hunting for five days straight, or I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to just do anything. I'm going to go chop firewood in the backyard for five hours. I'm going to go cut. Th- I mean, there. that's like things we actually, Seth actually would do. Mm-hmm. He would just basically be gone. Like not like in a, like a, I'm going to the bar. He would just do is, a thing and be. Is, un- it, is it cool that the things that I did are like awesome and manly right. hunting and chopping wood? Uh, yeah, it's great. <laughs> um, anyway, but oh, thank you goodness. for the question and I hope that we answered it. Okay. I want you to read the next question because I always read. I have really been working hard on myself, honestly, ever since finding the podcast. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm constantly trying to fill myself with good, positive things and then actively trying to live those and pour those into others. My husband and I are very at a very good place and are still striving to better ourselves in our marriage. So with that spirit of growth and love in mind, at what point is enough enough? I have a friend who is just one of those high-maintenance friends. Uh, nothing I ever do is enough, and there are double standards as far as what is expected of me versus what she can manage to do. We have never been confrontational. I just try to do what I can, and I try to be there for her whenever possible. I feel like there's been a lot of give from my side of things, and even though I think it's unfair sometimes, I do not let that affect our relationship, and I don't burden her with that. We are both married with kids and have a different view of expectations from friendships. It's hard And I get that. Yesterday, this friend of mine got jealous of me and one of our mutual friends and exploded on me. She said that she was done trying because she never gets included and she is always making the effort. 
She ended the text with, at some point, a person has to stop trying and move on. Obviously, the idea of empathy and compassion looming in my brain, I first want to hear why she is so upset, and I want to apologize for anything I did to make her feel this way. However, on the other side, I want to be heard, and I also want to voice how much that hurt my heart to hear that our friendship could be so easily moved on from. So much, uh, sorry for so much rambling, but I am wondering where the balance is between being a compassionate and loving friend versus being a doormat and becoming resentful. I'm trying to grow and change. Of course, I want to approach things with love and empathy. I'm just lost on where to go from here. Thanks. Um, thank you for bringing up this question. This is from the women's group. The women's group is the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it's really important. I think it's a really important question because this relationship with this friendship radiates out into different i mean it's like if you can do this well you can do other relationships well too but friendships really matter in our marriages and i don't think people realize that if you have a friend and your friends in a marriage and uh your friend is like tearing you down that's going to impact your marriage Mm -hmm. and your family and your kids and your you know so friendships are super super important do you have any thoughts just sort of right off the bat with that yeah i it's hard for me to comprehend when other people are reading i just discovered that's why i probably read all the time it's like i don't know what you're saying you're just reading words great so this is a comprehension thing so uh let's see you said what point you, you guys are growing and it's awesome and in uh and what point is enough enough i'm not sure if you're talking about like the growth mindset enough is never enough it's always no, a thing she's talking about a friendship a friend okay sorry so she says so totally different thing so okay yeah i'm not sure i don't know how to um manage like this drama between friends i think because i don't have drama between my friends maybe and all i deal with is drama with clients and stuff i'm just like well and you've had like the same five friends since you were six yeah (laughs) um okay then i'll answer the question so i do the first thing i want to say is that friendships just like relationships and marriages and all of that have seasons right? Mm -hmm. So I've had a a particular friendship that like when I first met this friend was amazing, really great, really strong, hung out all the time. And then as we entered different phases of life, different seasons of our own just individual journeys, the friendship kind of waned or waxed, which is which? Oh, you mean Alexis? What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so the friendship kind of went a little bit you know, it waxed, let's say, I don't know, waned, I don't know which one it is. It diminished slightly. And I remember at that time being hurt by it Mm -hmm. and being like, what's going on? And then as we've both gotten older and the phases of our lives changed again, it's like, oh, we can be friends now. Not that we couldn't be friends before. It was just really hard. We had little kids. We had kids in different ages. We lived Mm -hmm. in different cities. We There's just all these little factors. And the first thing I would say is that friendships have phases just like everything has phases everything has phases so don't be upset by the fact that your friendship is in a phase Um, and that's what i think your friend is saying like i'm Mm -hmm. not gonna do this anymore Mm -hmm. lisa like she's mad and she's letting you know but that's just it is a sign (laughs) that you're not in alignment right now that doesn't mean you won't be in alignment later yeah you don't need to force that alignment though either I think that's really important. Friendships can wax and wane, and that's a part of the life cycle of humans. Tell Becky to listen to the podcast. (laughs) Okay. Um, (laughs) But also, there is something to say about the, like trying to force that alignment. It sounds Mm -hmm. like that's what you're saying. It's like, I really want to fix this. I want to apologize. I don't know what to do. Like, I'm always trying to force alignment. If you're not in alignment, you're not in alignment. That doesn't mean you have to hate that person or wish ill of them. You're just not in alignment and just kind of step away from it. No big deal, Mm -hmm. right? Like 
I think we make big deals out of things that aren't a big deal. Sometimes it's easy to get our feelings hurt, right? One of the folks says, uh, this happens so often with women. Yeah. Like all the time, my girlfriends and I talk about this a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jesse wants guac, says, you're awesome. You you're know awesome too. Guac is awesome. Jessie Therefore, Jesse is awesome. Guac. And uh, I want bacon yeah, and grits and Jesse wants guac. <laughs> so people get their feelings hurt. And of course, that's normal. But the, the kind of back and forth... I, I don't, I really don't understand it. I can be empathetic to it. I just don't understand it. You know, so-and-so said this, or she looked at me funny, or this and this, or so-and-so's or whatever. Well, I think that we, we can choose what friendships we're in, you know, and we, you know what? We have had friends that have, we haven't really had arguments and stuff, but maybe their focus was on different things, and we just, you know, kind of drifted apart for some of them for like two or three or four years, you know, Mm -hmm. and then we, you know, text each other, whatever. Hey, what's up? What's going on? You know, and then if that comes back together, I can think of a handful of folks that have come in, come in and out and it's been good. At least with the dudes, there hasn't been any drama. No, in fact, there was some drama one time with one of your friends and the friend's husband and him and I like went to Starbucks and talked for like two hours about it Mm -hmm. and tried to work it out, you know, but that was mostly between you guys mm-hmm. so well and i think again i go back to that was when i didn't realize that things don't need to be a problem right i don't need so uh kyle sees talks about this he uses this example of like in looking at something and, and seeing it as a problem right so it's mm-hmm. like i'm standing here i'm just standing here whatever and then a dark cloud rolls in and i say to myself oh my gosh, look at that dark cloud. And then I grab it Mm -hmm. and I just hold on to it and I say, everybody, look at the dark cloud. Ah," Right? And I, what? You gotta get, feel weird. Mm -hmm. Um, But so I, I stand here holding on to this thing that I have now said is a problem and I'm not letting it go. I'm actually not releasing the problem that I had. I can acknowledge, oh, that's a dark cloud. Oh, there it goes, right? I could Mm -hmm. do that. But instead, in our early years of marriage and friendship and relationships, I chose to hold hold on to every single dark cloud, Mm. point at it all day long, and then tell other people they needed to fix this dark cloud that I freaking wouldn't let go of. Wasn't fun. It wasn't. It was very unpleasant. But guess what it was? It was something. It was excitement. Oh. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. People are writing stuff. Okay, let's see. Mama in the Wild says, I just think sometimes people take the fact that you don't have space for them super personally. Like, it's an active choice and sometimes it's not yeah you know i would get my feelings hurt if you know my friend was like okay peace out i would immediately go okay what did i do Mm -hmm. you know well what is am i not am i not cool (laughs) enough am i not you know growth mindset enough or whatever kind of thing Mm -hmm. you know um but yeah and yeah i don't know i just think friendships evolve relationships evolve we need to have that evolution it's part of who we are as people but yeah i agree i think this does happen with women's relationships more too also Mm -hmm. because we're taught to do it tv tells us we're supposed to be that way drama drama Mm. drama television teaches us that what are you reading okay one more question uh i find it really amazing i was gonna edit this one all right we'll edit it on the fly Okay, so this person is talking about family of origin and says she grew up in a home where her knee-jerk reaction was to assume the worst that everything was going on because she was afraid. She had an abusive uh, father, I think. Her husband was raised in a home where uh, they had to act perfect and pretend that everything was really perfect. So she had an instance where her child was crying and crying and crying and she couldn't figure out what the problem was. So... The wife asked the child, is something happening that's not okay, right? So the wife implied, 
is your dad hurting you, right? Mm. Because the wife had been hurt by her dad. She projected. She pro- but but it was a genuine concern. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. this is something like you're crying inconsolably. You don't normally do this. Can I help you? Is is something happening, right? right. And so she asked a question that the husband internalized as you think I'm hurting our daughter, mm-hmm. right? And so now she's saying, um, how do like what is the advice? Because now it feels like she has assaulted her husband, like she's insulted and yeah, uh, uh, and uh, care, you know, done something to his character to say you are so bad, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I just I kind of wanted to reword it so it didn't give it away or anything, but yeah. So that makes a lot of sense. And like I said, yeah, she's projecting. And you're like, well, yeah, for good reason. So just because we're projecting doesn't mean that it's not valid or something. Mm-hmm. It's something that we are deeply holding on to, mm-hmm. whether it happened in our past as a child or whatever. So yeah, that it, it would be like, okay, I had a drunk mom and dad. Not really, but if I did, mm-hmm. and they drove around drunk all the time and had DUIs, and I mm-hmm. grew up with that, and you went to the store, and the I don't know, the kid got scared from something. Maybe they a car pulled out or something, and I immediately went, "Are you driving drunk?" Mm-hmm. You know, and I and I heard this hearsay from the kid. What are you? Have, have you been drinking? Are you driving drunk? Mm-hmm. So I'm projecting my past childhood mm-hmm. fears onto you. I'm creating something that literally wasn't even there. Yeah. Right? At least in the present. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes we do that. We project our past fears. We project our past stuff that hasn't been resolved, that hasn't been worked through, and then we put it on our partner, Mm -hmm. right? And I can absolutely feel or understand how that husband would feel. He'd be like, what? You think I'm even capable of that? What else do you think? Oh my gosh, what's going on? It's that fear-shame dynamic, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like, that's the most shameful thing you could ever say. I would hurt my own daughter. I mean, people do that, of Mm -hmm. course, which is despicable. But in this case, it doesn't sound like that's going on. Thank God. Mm -hmm. So what do you need to do to move through all that stuff, Mm -hmm. right? Well, well, and I would say that first I want to address this idea that when people do this, when so I've done this to Seth. I did this to you when our kids were really little, and I basically made it a threat. I said, if you ever hurt our children, like I will kill you, basically, is what I did. I, mean, I was in a really bad place. When was that? It was a long time ago when oh. our kids were little, but I was just like, I'm just going to set the line right now that if you ever... What were you even triggered from? I never anxi- hurt the kids. Just anxiety. No, I know. I was triggered from a f- gigantic fear and anxiety. Right. Our kids were little, and I was like, this is terrifying. And, I'm and kind gonna... of like coming from a point like I would do anything to protect these yes, yes. kids, which is totally instinctual and, s- and natural. Yeah, and so what I did, though, was I projected. So imagine imagine it like this. Like you and I are like piggy banks. We have a like a place where we can pull out our thoughts, right? Mm. Like we can like have a hole in our chest, and we go, here's what I'm thinking, and mm-hmm. I'm afraid of, and whatever. So when I did that to you, and when this wife did this with her husband, or with her daughter, rather, mm-hmm. um, you're pulling out of yourself what you're afraid of, mm-hmm. right? So instead of so instead of hearing me say, "If you ever hurt our children, you're out," what I, I was really hear. you should have seen the sign that said, "I am terrified our children will get hurt." Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. Well, it's not that I should have seen it because then you're placing. No, no, your, no, no, yeah. no, no. I'm saying instead of me saying those words, I should have pulled out that statement, that piece mm-hmm. of paper that said, I am terrified. Mm-hmm. That's all I needed to have said. Mm-hmm. But instead I went, ah, I got to point this at something. I need to make sure that someone knows it's you an blamed. action and I blamed you, right? right. Well, there was no reason to blame ah, you. You blamed for things that didn't even happen. Yes. I only bet a because lot of couples I, do that. 
I'm, I'm sure everybody does it because you're terrified. So, right. so imagine if we took this same scenario. My kid is crying in, in uh, my kid is crying inconsolably. I can't do anything. I don't know what's going on. And the first piece of paper I pull out says, "What do I do?" The second one is, "I'm scared." The third one is, "This is scary." Like ang- I have anxiety now. Mm-hmm. Then the fourth one is, uh, "Like I need help." But mm-hmm. instead, she goes. Well, something bad. I mean, this. All I know is that maybe something bad is happening. Right. So I'm gonna. Add, and right. she didn't even project this at her husband. I think she project. She asked her daughter, right? And yeah. it's the husband's interpretation mm-hmm. of what that asking meant. Which you really have to be careful, you know, mm-hmm. around because then guess what? Guess what you're doing, family of origin wise. You're projecting that, and your daughter is going to pick up that and going to think, Dad yeah. might hurt me. Dad mm-hmm. might hurt me. Mom's asking why. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It, has he done this? So you absolutely have to be completely aware of Mm. completely aware of that and really handle that because that is going to not be good um i in fact i get really annoyed when you um do stuff like that like slow down or like you ask the kids are they okay when nothing is happening you know what i'm saying sometimes like oh are you hurt i'm like they didn't do anything you know what i'm saying and i don't know that i ask the kids that they're hurt well i mean not just like randomly so hold on okay i want to read this any advice for a buddy of mine newly engaged couple who is working through how to communicate time management and spending time together she is feeling neglected he wants to make a positive change yeah uh i would say get the clearing structure and they need to sit down and do that and if she's feeling neglected it, it, it could be real threat or perceived threat, right? A perceive, perceived threat would be like, uh, you know, and they're engaged. So they're like, oh my goodness, you know, he's not spending every waking hour with me, uh, you know, and then kind of like that borderline's needy. Or is it a real threat? Is this dude playing Xbox 24-7 and be like, oh, I don't know, you do the engagement, uh, you know, and then it's like, okay, don't be a douche kind of like step it up using that word i'm i'm not going to not be real anymore i was thinking about this on the treadmill like that word i say it sometimes but only if i'm quoting nacho libre don't be a dude he's a real dude anyway the clearing Um, structure on that and then just really uh the knowledge around real threat versus perceived threat which we talk with dr les and leslie parrott in the season it's perceived threat and perceived neglect season one we talk about it but i do want to say for the fiance the girl side of it um i was addicted to feeling like i was neglected so um i don't know how you bring that up maybe you talk to becky's best friend and you say hey becky seems like uh you're feeling neglected all the time no matter what people do so there's a conversation to be had there but you better not addiction (laughs) neglect will you please put that back on it sounds terrible when it's off so um but I think it's that that's a really thi- an important thing to think about. I think people find um, worth and value by always having a problem. If I have a problem, you focused on me. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm I can't do it. I'm too weak. Focus mm-hmm. on me. Right. Everybody, look at me. And when someone's always feeling neglected, that's mm-hmm. a thing to consider. That is, he's in ministry and feeling pressure from leadership to do more with the church. Well, get her in ministry. Well, what's no, she doing? I think of it differently. I hope that. Uh, the ministry or whatever is like attuning to like, okay, what's going on? Or they're just going to, you know, make him be a workhorse kind of thing. I don't know. Um, we don't know any of it, but I, right. I would say, uh, get yourself off your mind. This is what I would say to his fiance. 
You've got to get yourself off your mind. Mm -hmm. No thinking about what I am not getting, what I don't want, what blah, blah, blah is going to get you to a place of empowerment Mm -hmm. and strength and bringing value. You have to bring value to find the value in things. Mm -hmm. And when all we do is think about how we're wrong and we're cheated, we're this, we're that, life is hard for us, I'm feeling neglected, bring a solution that is... You know what I mean? Like, bring a solution. Bring mm-hmm. Don't bring the, I can't tie my shoes. Start tying your shoes. That's right. So okay. mad. <laughs> We're 30 minutes. Whew. Boy, we can talk. Okay. <laughs> we love you guys. July 25th is the Seattle AOM meetup. Four days after my birthday. Yes. Four days after your birthday. And July 25th, go to Eventbrite. We're posting it all over Facebook. We're putting it on Instagram to get your tickets. There literally are limited spots because we can't you the know, event take is all of our free. listeners. Yes, and the event is free, so go to Eventbrite to sign up for that. It will totally be awesome. And also, please remember to rate and review the show. We love to read them on the podcast. It helps other listeners find our show and is helpful. So thank you, guys. Happy Tuesday. Anything else? I'm going to say this one thing here. I'm going to say this. If you have the inclination right now and your soul is stirring to Mm. rate the podcast and leave a review that we read on the show, pause the show and review it right this very moment. I want to see 21 more reviews today. That's a lot. (laughs) I have high hopes. High hopes. High expectations. No, I can't say that. Okay, we can't Um, say that. But yes, so please rate and review the podcast. It is extremely helpful, and we love it. It feels great. All right, thank you guys, and have an awesome Tuesday. Bye. Bye.